On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. And even folks who have severe mental illness, because usually that's what we associate the word crazy with, someone who's experiencing severe mental illness, they still do not deserve to be called crazy. What might be happening to them psychologically is horrific, bizarre, strange, but they themselves are not crazy. And lady, if you are experiencing depression, you are not crazy. There may be moments where you feel like you are having an out-of-body experience because it might be something that you're not used to. But again, I cannot reiterate enough. You are not crazy. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Lady, today, before we dive into this topic of conversation, we do want to acknowledge that this is a very sensitive topic. And Keeping that sensitivity in mind, we want to note that we will be talking about depression, mental health, and possibly suicide. And so, lady, if you or someone you know is experiencing a mental health crisis or having suicidal thoughts, we want you to know that help is available. Feel free to call 988, and that number is a suicide prevention hotline. And it's available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And now let's jump into the conversation. Our quote of the day. On particularly rough days when I'm sure I can't possibly endure, I like to remind myself that my track record for getting through bad days so far is 100%. And that's pretty damn good. That quote can be found on healthyplace.com. So T, today we're talking about something that a lot of us experience. Depression or depressive episode. You want to tell us, tell us more about your experience? Yes, lady. I, I really appreciate that quote of the day. 
Because I think sometimes that's literally the only motivating factor is the fact that, you know what, I've been through these rough times before, I can make it out. And so lady, although this is going to be, I would say like a bit of a somber, you know, episode because of the topic, we, you may hear us laugh and be playful in the midst of the conversation because that is the type of energy that we bring to these conversations in general. So let's and dive on that. That's in. part of it. That's part that's of the part process. Of it. Have you that ever you like do. been crying and then start laughing? Yeah. Okay. All yeah. the time, right? Yes. Okay. So we in this together, lady. But what I want to do before we jump into the actual episode, I want to share with you a short journal entry or basically like a blog post that I wrote the week that I was struggling with depression, which is actually when I mapped out this episode, because Dom and I sometimes will think of topics that we really like or topics that relate to something that we're going through in life. And so we'll each either map out an episode or we'll co-create content. That's that's part of our process. And so I wrote this when I was in a very dark space because I wanted to normalize this experience and also shed light on what depression can look like for some people. So let's dive into the journal entry and then I'll let you know when the journal entry stops. So here we go. Lady, as I map out this episode, I'm moving through a bout of what feels like depression. I've struggled with depression ever since I was a kid. I don't think I was aware of it at the time, but when I revisited my journal entries as a child, I was reminded that depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideations were constants throughout my formative years. So today I feel like shit. I'm under the weather, I have a stuffy nose, body aches, and my eyes are a bit watery. I don't have COVID, but my period is also on, so it feels like a double fuck you. Yes, I have so much to be grateful for, but today was one of those days where I just wanted to wallow in my shit. I don't feel like focusing on the positive. I don't feel like talking to anyone. I feel like the proverbial sky is falling, and it's been so easy to find all the things that are wrong with my life. On top of that, I feel alone. Yes, I have friends, a supportive husband, a beautiful baby, siblings who love me, a therapist and coaches who support me, and I still feel lonely. When I talk to my colleagues or respond to people on social media, I'm all smiles and fun emojis, but it's just a front because those aren't spaces where my real emotions can be expressed and everyone else has their own stuff to deal with. So I'm not interested in being a burden or putting people unnecessarily into my business. I don't feel motivated. Feelings of unworthiness keep creeping in, and I've cried a few times today. This is what depression looks like for me. End journal entry. T, thank you for sharing that. You know, as I was was listening to you read your entry, The thing that kept coming up for me is so many people can relate to this. Each of the various things that you mentioned that you were experiencing or how you felt, there are so many women out there, so many people out there who have been in that same space that you were in that day. So one, I want to thank you for sharing this with us, right? Letting us in because I'm, I'm clued into that comment that you wrote that you didn't want to share it on social media because you didn't want to be a burden and you didn't want people in your business, right? And so 
what changed for you that you wanted to share it today? You know what's funny, Tom? I want to make sure I answer that question, but there are two things that I thought of as I was reading that. When I wrote that, my I was in such a just heavy, just just heavy energy space. And I'm so far removed. I think this was about two weeks ago and I thought we were going to record it the next day or something like that. And so when I was in that moment, I was in such a different energy space. Now I'm having a fantastic day. I had a wonderful day. I'm so far removed from those feelings, but I knew that that would happen because like the quote was saying, I had been there before and I knew it would pass, but I had to go through it to get through. And so I would say for me, Dom, I usually don't like to share things that I'm going through in that very moment on social media because I'm still working through it oftentimes. And also I notice that sometimes people, they'll try to like help, air quotes, help and try to provide feedback or you know input and it's not very helpful at all. Or they'll come and try to like solve your problem. And that that doesn't work well for me, especially when they don't have context. So for me, I was ready to share that soon after I wrote the post because I was already feeling better. But I think now, because I don't even, I don't resonate with that version of Terry the same way that I, does that make sense? Like I don't resonate with that version of myself because I'm in such a different space now, but I know that that is part of the ebb and flow that I experience going through depression and coming out and having those highs and lows. Does that make sense at all, Dom? Yeah, that does. That does. And so, so thank you for, thank you for putting that out there because I think you're, that's another, uh, another very important point too, right? That there are ebbs and flows that, and there are different types of depression and we have multiple other episodes where we talk about depression and how to address depression. But I think the difference is that this particular episode, what we're focusing on are those, not the long-term depression, right? Or necessarily identifying the general symptoms of depression. But this episode is focusing more on what does it look like to encounter a depressive episode or to be experiencing what we would call either, you've heard the term either low-grade depression or high-functioning depression. And essentially what that is, is high-functioning or low-grade depression means that it's not stopping you from accomplishing your day-to-day things, right? So, Terry, you talked about you wanted to sit and wallow, yet you were also talking about using, like, creating material for a podcast episode that we were going to record the next day. And my guess, if I'm also reflecting back to a couple of weeks ago, you were also throughout the day still handling business, yet you were feeling this way. And so the difference for a lot of folks who are experiencing major depression is that they are struggling to do those day-to-day things. They might not be able to get out of the bed at all for days at a time. Someone who has high-functioning or low-grade depression or might be experiencing a depressive episode, they are still able to get up and do the day-to-day things. They are still able to, like you said, engage on Instagram, 
in the same way that they normally would without anyone detecting a difference. Yes, Don, that is so spot on and so important. Now, lady, you know this is a grown woman podcast, okay? And chances are, if you're an avid listener, you know we get a little blatchet over here. We get bougie, classy, and we get ratchet. So today's sponsor should not come as a surprise. Uber Lube is a luxurious, high-grade silicone lubricant made from clean, body-friendly ingredients. It's just silicone with a little bit of vitamin E. The vitamin E leaves a velvety finish that actually moisturizes the skin. Lube is the key to maximizing pleasure, whether alone or with a partner. And if you're going to lubricate, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality body-safe ingredients and nothing beats Uber Lube. Y'all, I didn't test this out myself, and let me tell you, it's A1, okay? It's great for all kinds of play, vaginal, oral, or anal. There's no flavor or scent. It's latex compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms. And Uber Lube even works underwater, making it great for fun in pools, hot tubs, the bathtub, all that good stuff, okay? Right now, Uber Lube is offering Cultivating Her Space listeners a special offer, 10% off and free shipping when you use our code herspace at uberlube.com. And Dom, one of the things I really would love for us to spend a couple minutes doing, like, is just talking about the, I feel like this is a little taboo, but like just talking about what it feels like to just be in that uncomfortable ass space. Because I think a lot of times we're going to get to the tips, lady, and like what we do in our personal lives to help us move through the depression that we might experience, right? And this is not a I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is it's not one of those situations where it's going to like fix everything or it's not going to apply to everyone's situation, but this is just, that's what I was trying to say. Thank you, Dom. Mm -hmm. It's not a cure all for everyone. Thank you. Teamwork. It's not a cure all for everyone, but it's just what we do. And so I want to just sit with it for a little bit because I feel like people don't do that enough where it's like, do I feel low as shit? It's so, it's so mind boggling to me, Dom, when I think about the human experience and how I was just so low as I was. And I do believe that it was hormonal for me because it was like period, a little bit of stress, prepping for you know travel and a speaking engagement, all those things. And then now today, having a fantastic day, us having a great conversation right before this, like everything's amazing today. And so I try not to get too high with the highs and not get too low with the lows. But one of the quotes that I found in doing this research, because mapping out the episode surprise, was one of my healing techniques that I used to move through it. And so one of the quotes I found was, there's hope even when your brain tells you there isn't. And that's a quote by a man named John Green. And I found that quote and I found that this quote really spoke to me because I realized that sometimes our thoughts can low-key betray us, especially if you're in your head a lot like me, right? So I want to, I'm going to be very vulnerable this, as you can tell, I've already been very vulnerable in this episode. So y'all, this is a safe space, no judgment. All right. So I'm going to share some other things that be going through my mind, but I do want to let you know that I'm okay. I'm fantastic actually. And I, I have support in my, in my corner. What I'm sharing is not a cry for attention or help. Like I'm good, but I'm just letting you know what's going on. So Dom, I am a little nervous to share, but I hope that you can either let me know whether you've either experienced this or whether you've heard someone else talk about this. So Just because a thought comes up doesn't mean we have to entertain it, right? Okay, so sometimes, y'all, when I'm depressed, right, I may think about suicide, but I'm not thinking about it in a a suicidal way, if that makes sense. So for me, it's like, you know, it'll come up in my mind 
And Dama, have you ever heard anyone sharing that, that struggles with depression before I move on? Because I just want to like check in with you as I share. Yes, I was going to go into a whole spiel, but I will wait till oh, you yes, finish. Oh, yes, go into your spiel. No, no, go into oh. your spiel. So what therapists or clinicians would say is that you may be having passive suicidal ideation. That's the clinical terminology that we would use or existential thoughts, right? Those are some of the clinical high level terms that we might use to describe what you were experiencing, right? And so what that looks like for folks who are listening, and then Terry, you tell me how much this like felt like your, like what you were dealing with. What it typically looks like is it's a fleeting thought. So maybe it lasts for a quick second of, I'm feeling really low right now. And I I wonder what it would be like if I weren't here. Or I think the world would just be better off if just, I, I just weren't here right now. Or I wonder if folks would, I wonder who would miss me if I were gone. Or I wonder what it would be like to end all of this pain. And then the thought stops and you move on to something else. You don't take it any further, right? And maybe that thought comes up in the course of your depressive episode. Maybe that thought comes up multiple times. But it doesn't go past that. Those type of fleeting suicidal existential thoughts are way more common than people admit. All of us know at least, let's say you know five people, right? If you know five people, at least three of those five people have had at some point in life a fleeting thought of suicide. I'm so glad you share that, Don, because again, this is the whole purpose, lady, of us having this conversation, right? We're normalizing this. And I'm so grateful to hear that from my friend and co-host and therapist and psychologist because I didn't know that I didn't know the formal terminology and I think what you said is spot on so for me Dom like again suicide will come up but I don't have a plan right it just kind of pops into my mind so you ever find yourself standing on like a platform where the train is gonna come by and in your mind it's like damn that'd be some wild shit if I were to jump I'm not gonna jump but it's like damn that'd be some wild shit or if you like are getting something out of the garbage disposal in the sink and you're like Damn, that'd be crazy. That'd be bizarre. Let me use bizarre. That'd be bizarre if I turned on the garbage disposal. I'm not going to do it, but it's just like you have this thought. And so, lady, as you're listening, you might be like, yo, Terry is tripping, right? Or you might be like, no, Dr. Dom, I'm resonating with what she just shared, right? But I guarantee you that at least five other women that you know have had those same thoughts of like the garbage disposal or the train. I dare you to ask a friend, okay? And DM me if one of them says, yes, girl, that has happened to me because I want to know, okay? So y'all DM, DM us and let us know. And if they say no, I bet you somebody is, they're not being truthful because I've heard other people that had similar thoughts. And I will say, our thoughts are not factual. And that's something I've had to remind myself over the years because thoughts would come up and I thought, oh, this this popped into my mind. So it must mean that it means something, right? Or you try to attach some meaning to it. And it's like, no, at least not all the time, right? Even as I navigated my day of low energy, I knew that it would pass and I buckled up and I made the most of the ride until it did pass. And I also dug into my toolbox, which we'll dive into in just a bit of the things that I know typically help me navigate those times because it's not about 
going around the depression or getting over it. It's literally going through the depression. It's kind of like when you go through a bad storm, you got to go through the rain and through the storm to get to the other side. And so that's my spiel before we go into how we want to hear from you, lady, and interact with you. So anything else, Dom, from this whether it's like your experience of how it feels for you, like moving through your body or even clients. Yeah. You know, I think I I appreciate that we are normalizing this because I'm seeing it spoken about more and more, particularly, you know, I work on a college campus and have, and that's a question that we ask our clients on a regular basis, right? Or do you have thoughts of harming yourself? Do you have thoughts of harming someone else, right? Because then we're obligated to address that, right? And I think sometimes folks are scared to admit that, yeah, I've had a thought of not wanting to be here. Or, yeah, I was on that train platform and had a quick thought of like, what what would that be like if I stepped off, right? And I want to remind us that that's not always an indication of suicide, right? That you really, that you truly intend on taking your life, that you don't want to be here. Sometimes it may be an experience of curiosity, right? Of that looks, it, it feels like that would be incredibly, incredibly painful. Ooh, what must that be like, right? And I think the difference is, is in how we know that it's something that is a fleeting thought versus we need to stop and get help immediately is if our thoughts, if that train of thought continues, if you start feeling like you're really, you feel really hopeless, you, there's nothing that you have to look forward to. If you start thinking about writing a letter to folks or saying goodbye to people, right? If you start actually developing a plan on how you really want to take your life, then we need to stop and get immediate help, right? I think even those fleeting thoughts are important for us to tune into, though. Even those fleeting thoughts. We want to pause and acknowledge them. And like you said, move through that, right? Because I, I also recognize that if we don't address something, if we don't, and by something, I mean, if we don't address what those thoughts are, what the feelings are that are coming up, if we push them to the side, try to ignore them or try to avoid them because they're uncomfortable, they might go away for a few minutes or a few days, but eventually it's going to come back. And it's going to keep intensifying until we address it. I love that, Dom. I love that you share that. And I, I'm just, I, I can't stress enough how appreciative I am that we are having this conversation because it, it really is important, Dom. And when I think about the fleeting thoughts that you were just mentioning, I think about my mental state now compared to back years ago when I, when I had a plan to, you know, in my life. And so I would say today, my fleeting thoughts typically come up when I'm, when I feel that depression sort of cloud coming over me, 
But on a on a regular, my typical mood is excitement and joy for living. I'm excited to wake up and I'm excited to be with my daughter and be with my husband and be with my friends. You know, I'm excited for life, but I remember a time when I wasn't. I remember when I did feel hopeful and I would pray like, oh, I hope I die in my sleep because I was just so miserable and I wanted to be gone. And so even comparing the depression that I experience now as opposed to the depression that, that I had years ago, like a decade plus ago, it's very different. And I want to talk about, Dom, can we just talk a bit about advice or or guidance that we can give folks who do feel that they, they have a plan and they are thinking through, okay, what it would be like for me to write this letter? Because I know when I was struggling, there was some shame, right? There was the stigma of, okay, it's not just that it's beyond just finding a therapist. Now, going to someone and admitting to them that I want it in my life, like the shame that comes with that, you know, people use the C word a lot, like, oh, I feel like, am I crazy, right? Like, what what, what guidance can we give folks that are, are at that step where they're like, well, I do need help. What now, you know? Program the number 988 into your phone. So that is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And lady, if you're listening and you're not located in the U.S., I would just encourage you to find what the number is in your country and program it into your phone. And that way, and and I want to note that this new number is a recent change. It used to be a longer toll-free number. And just literally a couple of months ago, they released this new number to make it easier for folks to remember. Even as a therapist, I would sometimes forget it was 1-800-273-TALK or maybe it was 1-888. I think it was 1-800, but it was too. But see, I can't even fully remember. I had it programmed in my phone, but 988 is simple enough to remember. It's three digits. and so. I would I would say program that number into your phone and don't hesitate to use it. There's again, like I mentioned at the top of the show, there is someone on the other side of that line 24-7 to help you, to talk to you, and to get you connected to the help that you might need. And the help that you might need is gonna look different depending on your unique circumstances. As you said that, Dom, I'm just looking up the number and I see that when I Googled it, I saved it into my phone. So lady, if you feel a little, a certain way about doing it, just know Dom and I have it in our phones as well. So I just saved it to my phone. So we in this together, y'all. But I see that you can text it, you can chat, you can go to the website and you can call. So there are options. And I have called a hotline before years ago because I was by myself and I was like, I'm struggling. And I called and I never thought that I'd be a person to call, but I did. And it it helped me that day. Like it felt good to do. So lady, we also have another episode about suicide, if I'm not mistaken. So if you Google Mm -hmm. the word suicide with the podcast name, that should come up for you. We don't have it, or we can put it in the show notes as well, because I don't have it readily accessible in my mind right now. But one of the things that we would love for you to do, lady, is we have posted a black square on Instagram that says depression. And so if you head on over to that post, please let us know you know, after we share, of course, like what your takeaways are, what tips you want to offer. If you've ever had a thought 
and you were standing on the platform, you know, waiting for a train, like let us know if any of that resonated with you and also share any words of encouragement that you would offer to someone else that's going through. Let's kind of build a community around that post. So you can literally go to our Instagram at Herspace Podcast. Just scroll until you see the black square that says depression and you'll know exactly what to do on that particular post. So Don, what should we dive into next around this topic? Well, I think it's important to talk about some of the misconceptions, right? There are a lot of misconceptions out there because I think that oftentimes what I see as a clinician and and what a lot of my clinician friends and colleagues will note is that particularly for Black women, because we are perceived as being strong women, right? And the expectation is that we are resilient and that we, you know, and there there is that misconception out there that we don't experience pain, right? Which we know is bullshit. But that's how people tend to treat us and how sometimes we treat ourselves. And so I think it's important to talk about the misconceptions about what it means to experience a depressive episode or high grade depression or I'm sorry, high functioning depression so that we under, we can have a full understanding of how to recognize it when we might be experiencing it or one of our friends is experiencing it. Yes, yes, yes. Amen to all of that, Dom. I'm going to just dive right in with the first misconception and that's that depression or any mental struggles that you are experiencing, they don't take away from your ability to inspire and motivate. And that's so key for me, Don, because I used to believe, you know, years ago when I first started my brand online, it took me a while to post and to share because I felt like I had to be a perfect person. And I had to be, you know, this cookie cutter image. You know, everyone presents this highlight reel with, with no imperfections on social media. I, and even in speaking engagements, I thought that I had to have arrived in order to be an asset or to be an inspiration to other people. But then I learned that people really value and appreciate imperfect, imperfect people and imperfections anyway. So that's something really important to note. Like you don't have to be a perfect person. That doesn't exist in order for you to inspire or motivate other people. They will most likely connect with your vulnerability and the authenticity anyway. Yes. Just think about Michelle Obama in that was in towards the end of 2020. And we all know what was happening in our world and in our lives in 2020. And she shared on her podcast and in several interviews that she was experiencing low grade depression. Did we stop? following Michelle Obama because she said that she was experiencing depression? No, if anything, that made her more relatable. So I think that that goes to that misconception that you talked about, right? Like that doesn't, that having depression does, or having a depressive episode does not take away from your ability to inspire and motivate. I think another misconception that's tied into that is that it, that People think that it could detract from your credibility and your brilliance, right? Again, Auntie Shell out here talking about she had low-grade depression and nobody is about to go and take away her law degree, right? Nobody's about to tell her that her work at Princeton ain't shit 
because she experienced depression. And the same thing applies to you. Yes, you lady that's listening and having that question. Yes, you. It does not take away from your credibility or your brilliance. That is spot on, Dom. And it makes me think back to when I was with this one particular therapist and she had mentioned how she was going to therapy. And it actually made me so happy to hear that because I I learned at a very young age that every teacher needs a teacher, like every coach to have a coach. Everyone should be accountable to someone and ideally should be developing themselves or growing and expanding and and in some way, no matter what level you're at. And so for me, I was like, oh, that's super dope. Like that my therapist has a therapist. It made me it just made it more normal. Like it, it felt like it was normalizing using therapy as a tool for us and really just taking away the stigma. And I think for me as well, Dom, the more that I see my humanness and I realize that my mental struggles don't detract from my credibility and brilliance, it allows me to extend that same that same perspective to other people as well. So I really do believe like it starts with ourselves first. Like you are still worthy. You know, if you have a, if you're struggling with something and other people are too. So it kind of goes hand in hand. And that takes us on to number three, which is there's nothing to be ashamed of. Sometimes there's a lot of shame that comes along with either being depressed or struggling with some type of, you know, mental illness or mental struggle. And I honestly believe that the more we speak about it, the more that we can normalize these conversations and decrease the stigma, which is why we're chatting about it now. There definitely was a time where I would not have these conversations publicly and I would not share my personal struggles or the fact that I randomly, you know, have the thought of, hmm, what it would be like to jump off this building or wherever I might be. You know, I wouldn't say that out loud, but I think because I have more knowledge and more empathy for myself. And I realize what it is internally that it allows me to just share openly. So that is our third misconception, lady. Yes, I yeah, I think that the more we talk about it, the more it's normalized, the more we decrease the stigma, you know. And, and I think about, you know, I I remember like I I recognize that like I have when I'm driving across bridges. I have this thought of, oh Lord, what if my car, like, what if something happens? And particularly when I was living in the Bay, like, because we had heard about the years ago about that horrible earthquake and part of the Bay Bridge collapse, like, driving over that, I would have that fear, like, what the hell would happen if, if there's an earthquake and, like, I fall in this, and I fall in this Bay, like, the bridge collapse? Or, like, if I'm driving over other bridges, like, what happens if something random happens and like my car goes into into the water? I want to be clear that that's not a thought of suicide, right? Like I'm in a great space and like fantastic action. And I have those thoughts and that those thoughts are more about anxiety than depression or suicide, right? So I want to put it out there that there are thoughts that we have and how we can start to distinguish those thoughts, right? And that there's nothing to be ashamed of with having those thoughts. And which goes to our next misconception that you are not quote unquote crazy. 
Now, those who know me know that I am not a fan of the word crazy, particularly around mental health. And that I work very hard, very intentionally in my own everyday language to not use that word. Like sometimes I'll be in conversation with someone and I might even say, I'll be like, man, that shit is crazy. And then I will stop myself in the moment and say, wait, hold on. Let me step back. Let me clarify what I really mean by what's happening, how I'm really trying to describe this experience. Because I want to be intentional. And even with clients who come in and they say that someone told them that they were crazy or someone said some called something crazy, I stop them and I, like I, we unpack that. Like, what does that word really mean? And let's let's be clear that if you are experiencing any type of psychological concern or symptom, it's nothing to be ashamed of and it doesn't make you quote unquote crazy. And even folks who have severe mental illness because usually that's what we associate the word crazy with, someone who's experiencing severe mental illness, they still do not deserve to be called crazy. What might be happening to them psychologically is horrific, bizarre, strange, but they themselves are not crazy. And lady, if you are experiencing depression, you are not crazy. There may be moments where you feel like you are having an out-of-body experience because it might be something that you're not used to. But again, I cannot reiterate enough. You are not crazy. I'm just snapping. Go ahead, Dom. You, You hit the nail on the head with that one. I think this will be a good time for us to talk a bit about our depression slash mental health toolbox and what we have in our toolbox now. Lady, we've talked about this on numerous episodes as far as like what we do to be okay. And I think I have many, well, I know I have many practices in my toolbox, but I only wanted to touch on the ones that I actually used for this specific time just to share. So the first one for me is clean my space. That is, I feel like that's always so important for me because that kind of goes back to what we've said on the podcast. Dom, this is one of your favorite sayings is not trust the process, but control what you can control or focus on what you can control. And for me, when I feel there's chaos in my mind, I love to just have a clean space in general. But when I feel like my mind is chaotic, cleaning my space and having it look pretty and smell good, that does something for my spirit. And I know that about myself. So that is some, one of the first things that I do usually before I get into the second one. Anything you want to add to that one, Don? Listen, what I notice, and other people may, be experience, may experience this as well, so this is why I want to share it, is that I, particularly when I was teaching, I would notice that towards the, like, in the most stressful, hectic parts of the semester, when I was feeling anxious or I might have been feeling burned out, it was reflected in my space, right? And so, lady, if this is you, this is something to pay attention to. 
So I notice that when my apartment is cluttered, because I'm a mild germaphobe, that's the topic for another conversation, but I'm a mild germaphobe. And so maybe high key germaphobe. And, and so my place is not going to be dirty, but it's going to be cluttered, right? Because it's a reflection, like you said, T, of what's going on in my mind. So laundry might be piled up. So I might have that, that, laundry that laundry body next to next to me in the bed because I I just don't have the energy or wherewithal to motivation to fold the clothes after I've actually done the laundry. Or laundry might pile up for a really long time, even though I have a washer and dryer right here in my apartment. Dishes might pile up in the sink and I might forget to run the dishwasher, right? Like and again like we're germaphobes, so dishes, everything is rinsed, but stuff is starting to stack up, right? Work papers all over the place. Mail scattered on the dining room table, right? And so when I start to notice that those little things are happening, that's an indicator that something's off. And so one thing that helps me in that toolbox is, as I mentioned in previous episodes, having a housekeeper, someone who comes in regularly to clean my space. Because then that also, if I'm in, first of all, I can't have the housekeeper and I know I'm on a tangent, but we're going to roll with it. I can't have the housekeeper and I know other people can relate to this. I can't have the housekeeper seeing me in a cluttered space. Come on, that just, come on that now. just can't happen, right? Come on, somebody. <laughs> so having the housekeeper come in forces me to reset, even if I'm in. So if I'm in that headspace and I might not have the energy to clean my space, the housekeeper can do all of it. So now I'm forced to do it, which then housekeeper leaves and I have a clean space and my mood shifts because I have a clean space. So that was a long tangent to support this idea of what, and, and really to also help illustrate what, how that plays out in real life. Right? So the second item in our toolbox is to meditate. People meditate for different reasons. Some people meditate to empower them. I meditate to encourage rest. Like I use meditation to fall asleep. But when you are experiencing a depressive episode, meditation can help ground you. When you're feeling also anxiety, meditation can help ground you and bring you back to the present moment that you're in. So T, how did meditation help you in this particular instance? Yes, for sure. Well, after the space is clean, smelling good, I got the candles lit and everything. Meditation for me, it does help with grounding. It also really helps me because I am in my head a lot. I feel like my I'm so grateful. I used to complain about this, but I'm so grateful for this beautiful mind that I have. And there are so many creative thoughts and ideas and conversations going on up in here. And it can be very overwhelming at times. And so for me, meditation does help to just 
bring me to the present moment, allow me to focus on my breath, calm down, stop the constant thoughts. And part of my meditation process often includes a brain dump where I can get stuff out of my head and put it on paper. And then also gratitude is also part of the meditation practice. Because even though, you know, I mentioned this in our, in the, in the intro about, you know, having all these amazing things in life and still feeling low, just acknowledging what I have, it does make me really grateful. Like if y'all are, you know, faithful supporters, you know that we did an episode about chronic pain and I talked about how after I had the baby, I went to get a pedicure and I had this, this, I got this pyrenichia, I think it's called this, this ingrown toenail on my toe. And literally it was, it was, it was like infected and it was causing me pain for like a year. So when I do my gratitude in the mornings now, I'm grateful because my toe is healed and I don't have that constant pain. So now I have a great appreciation for that because I experienced what it was like for a year to deal with this and have all these various procedures on it. So now something like that is a part of my gratitude and I'm just extremely grateful for it because it was such a painful experience. So I like to also think about things that I often take for granted, right? Like having a clear you know, pathway, what is it called? Airway in my mm-hmm. nasal passage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dom. Helping with my words today. Having a clear nasal passage because I've been stuffy for the past few weeks. And so once this clears up, that's going to be added to the gratitude list. So I think it does help, which is grounding and, and reorienting myself as I am attempting to move through whatever difficult situation I'm in. And that takes us to number three, which is move your body. Move, move your body. And for me, Yo, I be in the gym, y'all. I'm going three days a week right now, working with a trainer. And the gym, it just really has my body feeling amazing. Even on those low energy days, like it just does something. I know it releases, Dom, you can probably speak to this. I know it releases endorphins and a lot of other scientific stuff. It just, it makes me feel amazing. So move your body, whether it's dancing, gym, treadmill, whatever it is. Yeah, I I second that. I mean, and even if, you know, and I remember telling folks during the pandemic, at the start of the pandemic, in the height of the pandemic, when gyms were legit shut down, nobody, you could not go. And and people didn't really have the motivation. What I would tell folks is, and I continue, continue to tell folks when they're experiencing depression or they're lacking motivation to get started with working out, move your body for 15 minutes right? Set a timer, move your body for 15 minutes and see how much that helps you. What I notice is that when I, cause I go through cycles of when I'm really on top of it with working out and when I'm in a slump and in those slumps, I notice the difference in my body because I'm not moving it. And so even like the slightest thing, like ladies, it's about to be TMI, but you you'll 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 relate. If you go if you go in and go for waxing, like even the slightest, like oh, I have to lift up my arm so that they can do the underarm wax. If you are not moving your body in a reg- regularly, you start to feel stiff, and little things start to hurt, which then adds to the depression. And I get that when we're, you know, when we are in a serious depressive episode that you don't have the energy. Give yourself 15 minutes. I would say, you know, just think about the joy that you end up feeling on the, focus on the joy that you feel on the other end of it. The other day I was with 
one of my nieces and my nephew and they're five and two and they were watching we were watching I'm not even gonna try and say it some kid cartoon movie and there was a song that came on and they wanted to get up and dance and I got up and I was like moving my body with the little ones and I was already in a decent mood but the joy that I felt after like letting go of the thoughts of like having the dance perfect right like just literally just moving my body with the little ones like it you're you're right T that it releases endorphins and those endorphins those are the things that increase pleasure and reduce pain and that's what we want to continue to do and so then that takes us to the fourth item in the toolbox which is which is journaling getting those thoughts out you know, I, I tell clients all the time that journaling doesn't have to just be writing. You know, T, you taught me this early on that like video recording yourself and getting those thoughts out on the video and doing or doing a, a voice note. Right. So it doesn't have to be writing. It doesn't have to be typing it out on the computer. You determine the medium that feels right for you. But get those words out of your head onto something, onto a phone, a laptop, piece of paper. Get them out of your head. That helps. Amen. Y'all know I will voice note it up and I have thousands of notes in my phone. So yes, yes, yes to all that. The fifth one, y'all, is nap. I find that sometimes it should. I know this is all. This is up Dom's alley, y'all. Dom don't play about her sleep. I saw your face when I said nap. So. Yeah, I, I think I'm just going to pass it to you, Don. I, I, the only thing I'll say is like sometimes it's just helpful to take a nap and it helps to sort of reset the energy. Sometimes if I feel so exhausted, I'll take a nap and I'll try to think about something that I might want to dream about so I can just go into a different space, you know, to kind of shift my mood. But that's all I have, that's all I have to say about napping. <laughs> I would say, yes, you know how much I love sleep. And I would say that be mindful. Of just use it for data, right? So if you find that you are napping every day for multiple hours in addition to sleeping, that's a sign of a bigger issue. We're not we're no longer using napping to as part of our toolbox. Napping is now a symptom of our depression. So we wanna be mindful and we wanna make sure that if we're napping in a healthy way, that 20 to 30 minutes, hour max, to give ourselves a chance to reset, right? A nap is not slumber. So if we're going past an hour, again, past an hour, multiple days in a row, that might be the sign of a problem. Naps in general can be healthy and done in moderation. And so then that takes us to our sixth tip in the toolbox, which is to cry. Listen, let them tears flow. And if you, sometimes I know that when we are feeling depressed, it, the tears might be right there on the cusp of coming out, but they won't fall. I 
cry pretty easily. So what I think would usually, if I find myself in a space where I need to cry and I can't, like I know that that release is going to be helpful. What I do is I listen to a song that I know is going to release tears. Like I have a, a handful of songs that automatically, no matter what kind of mood I'm in, them yes. tears start flowing. Girl, I was gonna. I'm so glad you said that. There are two songs I can think of off the, off the top of my head. One is the song they played at my dad's funeral. It's a Donnie McClurkin song, and the other one is "I'll Be Missing You." I that literally comes on the radio. I have to turn. That is such a sad song to me. I think about the music video. What? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I I cannot yeah. play that song. But I love that you said that you try to initiate the crying if you feel it there. That's so powerful. So consuming some type of piece of content that'll help you move through that. I think that is a pro tip and I appreciate you sharing that, Tom. And lady, that takes us to number seven. We're going to do a quick recap for you as well. Number seven is slow things down. (laughs) And my goal with this here is because I'm fast. I'll be just moving, moving. Like I feel like sometimes I forget to breathe. I think a lot of it does have to do with upbringing and the type of environment I grew up in where I had to, I was kind of in a constant fight or flight mode. And I remember y'all may think I talk fast now. I used to talk hella fast. Like people used to be like, slow down. What the fuck did you just say? I used to talk very, very fast. And I was just like this, because that's how my brain just going, going, going. So for me, when I slow down, my goal is to be responsive versus reactive. And so I'll take lots of deep breaths. I will also shy away from any major concerns that might shift my energy or get me out of whack. So let's say that I'm in this depressive state and I know that I want to have a conversation with a good friend about something that happened. I'll wait so that my I can be in a good headspace to dive into that. And then the other thing for me is in this particular depressive state, I've slowed down so I could be very patient with my daughter because she's a toddler who's busy and testing limits and just try to, you know, just explore the world. And sometimes I can see how you can be in a depressive state and you can respond in a way or react in a way that you don't, that you may regret later when dealing with your children. And so for me, slowing down allows me to be mindful and very intentional and also allows me to communicate with my partner. So if I'm feeling a certain way, I can let him know like, Hey, I'm going through this right now. I would. I really need you to be patient with me because I feel the horn. Y'all, you ever know when you feel the hormones and you're like, I'm about to be real bitchy. Like I, it's about to really rageful. Yeah, baby, it's yeah. I'm about to be rageful, angry, petty, all that. Like I just feel it bubbling. And so being able to slow things down and be self aware enough to communicate that with those around me, so that they know, oh, maybe I'll just chill. I won't play so much with her right now because she's not in the mood. She with the shit. Yes. So yeah. All right, Dom. I guess we should do our recap. Yes. So our seven items in our mental health coping with depression toolbox for today is one, clean your space. Two, meditate. Three, move your body. Four, journal. Five, nap. Six, cry. And seven, slow. 
All right, lady, we appreciate you for tuning in. Be sure to head on over to our Instagram to find that black square that says depression so you can share your feedback about the episode, any additional tips, anything that came up for you as you were tuning in, be sure to share there on our Instagram at Herspace Podcast. Dom and I are going to now end this episode and go record the after show. And we're going to talk about some of the things that are making us smile these days. So be sure to visit our website, herspacepodcast.com. Click on Wisdom Wednesday with Terry Patreon to access our Patreon so you can support us, y'all, because this is a free resource that we give to the community. It's a labor of love. And yeah, support, support your girls. All right. We'll see you on Patreon. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com. And be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Just because I can do it all, doesn't mean I have to do it all.